Well, good morning. It's so good to be back here when David asked me last fall about uh, being here today. I got excited. I was looking forward to seeing you all again and being able to catch up and uh, just uh, such a, a good feeling to be able to, to return. feel like I'm coming home here. It's just awesome. Uh, I'm sad to say Diane's not with me today. I've been getting a lot of grief because she's not here yet. Uh, she's watching Leah play volleyball down in Fort Morgan today. And so I know that's probably making Mike Lashley happy that one of his athletes is <laughs> practicing volleyball. But uh, Diane says hello. She sends her greetings. Uh, wanted to also mention, I hear many of you were at Valley Christian last night helping with the soup supper, and Bonnie said thank you. Thank you for the great support and representation from here. So I pass that along to you. And then uh, a couple of updates on my family. March is going to be a big month for us. In early March, Nate and Lori, who now live in, in uh, Cheyenne, uh, they're expecting their third child, and so we'll be up to six grandchildren. We're excited about that. And uh, then at the end of March, Kari is getting married, uh, March 31st, down at the Tapestry House in Laporte, Colorado. And uh, we like the guy. <laughs> Jonathan is a good, good guy. Uh, goes to Cheyenne Hills as well with Kari. Kari is helping to lead worship there. And uh, so we're anticipating that wedding. Uh, very, very excited to be able to, uh, to celebrate these big life events coming up. I, uh, I imagine that many of you have played this game you walk around, or you're up in the mountains, you know, and you're, you're looking for that signal to get a text out or make some connection with, uh, you know, the air waves out there with the, the cell tower waves. That's pretty good. Yeah, better than it used to be here, <laughs> as I recall. And uh, today I want to I wanna talk about strengthening your signal with God. I understand that you have been in a series about dangerous prayers, and today, as I, uh, as I visited with David, uh, I thought this would be a, a little different look at that whole topic, uh, more of the, the receiving end from God, the, the listening end, how you hear from God, and how that looks in our lives, how we live that out. Uh, a number of months ago, I was, uh, I was going through a stack of books. I have, to, I have to confess something. When I was pastoring before I retired, uh, people were always giving me books. And I had a pretty good stack that had accumulated that I hadn't gotten to. And so one of the, the pleasures of retirement has been going through all of these books. And a good friend picked this up at a garage sale, and I read it about a year ago. It's a gem. It's Walking with God by John Eldridge. Talk to him, hear from him, really. And, and I have to say that uh, this, this book kind of rocked me at my core. It was, uh, it, it was so timely, uh, really helping to build my intimacy with, with Jesus, helping me to hear from God more consistently. 
And, and, and it, it really was quite a renaissance in my own spiritual journey. And, and so today I'm going to be sharing some of that journey with you, what's been going on in my heart and in my life these past several months. Uh, uh, Dick, you asked me a question down at Cheyenne Hills last summer. Uh, you said, Brad, what do you enjoy most about retirement? And my, my, my knee-jerk answer was, oh, it's the chaplain work, the Bible study with my cop friends. I'm the chaplain with the Albany County Sheriff's Office, with the Laramie Police Department, and, and that has been awesome. I, I, I just love the law enforcement community. I, um, I, it's a great privilege to be able to, to help support them and be involved in their lives and God's working in the lives of a lot of those fellas and lady, guys and gals. But uh, as I thought about Dick's question a little bit more, when I was going home that day, I thought, you know, what I enjoy most about retirement is listening for God. I'm at a point in life now where I seem to have more space. I have, I just, I have time. And, and to be able to, just on a, in an unrushed, beautiful kind of way to, to uh, just listen and to, to try to hear his voice in a variety of ways how he speaks to me and is directing in my life. Now, is it possible to hear from God? I mean, in a personal, specific manner, hear his leadings, gain wisdom, get direction from our Creator? Well, I say yes, it is. You know, of course, the Word of God is, is the foundation of all of this. Uh, and, and when somebody starts talking about, you know, I heard from God and He wants me to do this, you know, the red flags can go up pretty quickly because we've seen our fair share of weirdness and flaky kinds of leadings and direction. But even risking the, the, the kinds of reactions that you can get from people, I, I think that God speaking to us in this very personal way is more normative than we tend to think. And so I say yes. And it's not only, uh, not only biblical, well, it is biblical, and it's, I think, more normative than, than you may think. Well, let's, uh, let's jump in to the, the, the biblical basis of all of this. And uh, I'm going to take you through a few different passages here, kind of bullet point passages, just to, to see what God's Word has to say about some of this. Like in Deuteronomy 20, 20, where it says, Now choose life so that you and your children may live, and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to His voice, and hold fast to him. And then in Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the works of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. And night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out to all the earth, their words to the end of of the world. And, and I'm sure you've experienced this out in God's creation, looking over the valley here, or a beautiful mountain scene, or just the, you know, the, the clouds at a sunrise or a sunset, and, and sensed 
God, you're awesome. And just been reminded of his, his, his nature, his power, his beauty, or whatever God might be using that to speak into your life about. Psalm 139, 7 through 9. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. How many times are we encouraged by the presence of God? going through difficult things and and just holding on to God and sensing His presence, His strength, His direction, His wisdom. Those things can be powerful and real. Let's go over into the New Testament. In John 10, John 10, 3 through 5, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him. The sheep listen to his voice He calls his sheep by name and leads them out. When he has has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will never follow a stranger, but they know his voice. And then it goes on. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Now, I, I know the, the context of this is talking about, uh, about the gospel and you know, the, very, the reality of Jesus, but my sheep will hear my voice. And, and, and Jesus has been speaking and reaching out all of our lives to us. Are we listening? Are we listening for God? Hebrews 3.15, as has just been said, it says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the day of rebellion. And that's a basic attitude of, are, uh, you know, are we teachable? Are we open to what God is, is trying to do in our lives? But uh, are we open to what God is saying to us? Now, let me move on. Just a handful of biblical examples. Just a few snippets. There are many, but I'll just give you a, a few Uh, God spoke to Moses as a man who speaks to his friend in Exodus 33. In uh, in 2 Samuel 2.1, David inquired of the Lord, shall I go up to one of the towns of Judah? And the Lord directed him to this one specific town, to Hebron. Or in Acts chapter 9, a dramatic moment in the history of the church. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias! Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from uh, Targus named Saul. For he is praying. In a vision, he saw a man, or he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered. And that had to be a very serious, Lord? (laughs) I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And and he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, This, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people 
of Israel. Now, while some say that was a different day and age, God doesn't relate to us that same way anymore. And frankly, I used to lean that way quite a bit. I, I say, why not? Does not God lead us? The, the Holy Spirit indwells us as believers. And the Holy Spirit can lead us. And I say, does lead us. Now, some cautions. For those of us with, uh, that may feeling a little trepidation, this is getting risky here, let, let, me, uh, let me caution you with a couple of important, important reminders. Absolutely, our foundation is the Word of God. You know, the Bible is our true north. That's the primary way that He speaks to us as, uh, as believers. Uh, the Word of God, the Word of, uh, you know, the Word of life, Jesus, and the Word of God, we need to treasure that Word. And, you know, Psalm 119, you know, 15 and 16, our strongest signal is this Word, meditate, I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your Word. That theme is repeated again and again and again in Psalm 119 and throughout Scripture. The primacy of the Bible, of the Word of God. So, if there's a voice in your head telling you to go rob a bank, uh, that's probably not the voice of God. If, <laughs> if there's a voice saying, you know, you, you need to be mean to your neighbor, not the Holy Spirit. Uh, we submit to the precepts, the principles of the Word of God. Also, another caution. This kind of intimate walk with God is best done in community with godly, trusted friends. Church, small group Bible studies, you know, God, uh, you know, godly mentors in our lives, our spouses, people that can speak truth into our lives clearly and with good, solid wisdom. You know, Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves, the early church did, to the, the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayer. And, and we see that again and again, the early church, the Christians, submitting themselves to that kind of input and fellowship, koinonia, that, uh, that was just part of, of walking with the Lord. And so if you have a, a sense of direction that you, you feel, you know, this is from God, or you, you have an idea. And I remember a lot of ideas that I pitched right in that room in David's office back there for many years, ideas about the future of this church and many things that uh, I thought they were great ideas. But as a, as a, as a group of elders... We said, no, nah, timing's not right or not yet. And, you know, the cool thing is that a lot of those things that we thought about 12, 14, 15, 18 years ago, you've seen come to fruition. But those decisions are made in community, and that direction from God can be confirmed by, by mutual leading of the Spirit and uh, in the context of a healthy church body. Very, very important. 
Well, let's look at some other strengthening principles. I, I, I want to I flesh out a little bit more with some life examples of uh, how, how we strengthen these, uh, these signals and what it looks like. Talk to him about larger life decisions. Ask God. You know, God, you know, I'm, coming, I, I'm at a crossroads in life. I need, to, I need to know what direction that I need to go here. And so the big stuff in life. I'm going to walk down memory lane with you just, just for a moment here. I, I guess I just get all nostalgic when I come back here. <laughs> and uh, I, I will never forget in the, in the fall of 1992 when I got a call from then district minister Mike Huber, the Rocky Mountain Baptist Conference executive minister. Uh, and I'd never met the guy and and uh, he had seen my resume, and, and he said, Brad, there's a church in Lingle, Wyoming, that is looking at you. And uh, I remember pulling out a map in my desk drawer, and I, and I woke up Wyoming, and I couldn't find Lingle. <laughs> couldn't find it. And here I am in suburban Chicago, and, uh, and so the process started. And we had been praying. We'd been praying a lot about where God was taking us, what we were supposed to do. Uh, we were right on the verge of candidating at a church in Whitewater, Wisconsin, but that didn't come together. And we, Diane and I took a trip out here. We visited you. It was early September of 92, and uh, the, the whole process continued. And I remember just daily praying, God, what is it that you will? What do you want us to do? That's a long ways. That's a whole, that's a whole other culture. There's, I mean, here I am in suburban USA and going to a farm ranch community. It was a big change. Well, it's really interesting, and, and maybe you remember some of these little, little stories, but uh, God brought along an interim pastor. I was, I, was, I was an associate pastor at Temple Baptist Church, a BGC, a Baptist General Conference Church in, in, uh, in Rockford, Illinois. And uh, the, uh, the senior pastor had health problems, had to retire, and uh, an interim pastor came in, a guy named Gene McAllister. Any of you remember Gene McAllister? He used to be, he was an interim pastor at Bethel Torrington. And he had been in Conference Baptist Church up in Evergreen for years and years. Well, when I brought Gene into the, you know, I went into his office one day and told him, I knew he had to be aware of this town, and he was able to give all kinds of counsel. He knew, he knew you, he knew, he had a good idea of my personality, and he said, Brad, I think you should do it. I think you should go that direction. Uh, the night before, the night before we were going to have a phone interview, my oldest daughter, Kelly, uh, she was in, uh, in eighth grade at the time. She was at a yearbook meeting in her middle school. And they were all going around the circle. They were introducing uh, each other. And, uh, they, uh, and, they, and they, they, were, they were telling where their grandparents were from. And uh, this one girl said, well, my grandparents are from a small town in Wyoming. And Kelly said, Where? Oh, it's a small town. Nobody's ever heard of it. Where? Oh, it's called Lingle. <laughs> I can't remember who it was now. Darn it. My brain is failing me. But uh, this person said, well, one of the cool things about Wyoming is that you get to ride horses. And so, 
My kids were in. They were, they were ready to go. We didn't ride horses all that much when we got here, but some. And uh, we did go to a few brandings. That was a lot of fun. But God just seemed to open door after door. And, 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 and you know, down in our hearts, both Diana and I called it a sense of rightness that as we prayed about the decision, as you prayed about the decision, we felt God leading. And from you know, 93 to 2008, I had the privilege of leading you, leading this flock. Thank you. Thank you, by the way. Thank you for your patience. Man, I made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> did a lot of bad things. Anyway, you guys were awesome. So talk to him about those larger life decisions. Talk to him about some of your daily decisions. And, you know, I, I'm not saying we should say, okay, God, should I wear my black socks or my navy blue socks today? <laughs> but for general direction in the day, why not? God, you know, help direct the path of my day. God, you know, Lord Jesus, live your life in and through me. Holy Spirit, help me hear from you as I walk through the, the adventure of this day. Uh, I, I love being able to, as I mentioned earlier, have space in my life, and uh, I don't have a ton of set things. There, there are some meetings and some things that I have to do, but uh, I, a lot of a lot of days I'll say, "God, lay out the week for me, lay out this day," and I'll and I'll sense you need to do a ride along today, or go down to the police department and just walk around, say hello. The sheriff's office needs some extra encouragement. Go hang out with some of the deputies today. And, and so I, I can ask him and then sense, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. Some days I'll pray, God, what do you have for me today? And he says, go fish. And I go fish. <laughs> and I do that a lot. But uh, it's, just, it's just so exciting to, to sense God leading. Uh, John Eldridge tells, a, tells a, a, a sobering kind of a story. Uh, he and his family, they live down by Colorado Springs, and every year they go out and they cut a Christmas tree, go up in the mountains. They, they have this tradition, and, and uh, both he and his wife had prayed, and it was around Thanksgiving and of that year, they uh, they sensed that God was telling them this is the weekend to go, but they were tired. They, their schedules had been just packed, and they, and they both said, oh, let's, no. But they both later said, we felt like the Lord was directing us, you should go this weekend. So the following weekend, they went. It was a disaster. Blizzard, they they went off the road. They had this ordeal trying to get, uh, you know, get out of this pickle that they'd gotten into. And uh, they both said, you know, we really should have just listened to what the, the Lord had revealed to us that we needed to go that weekend. So talk to him about those kinds of things. Is God interested in whether we, we fish or whether we go cut a Christmas tree? I think he is. He loves us, and he, and he wants to direct in our lives. And then talk to him about issues in your life. Now, I think you had a topic about some of this. I, I, I'm not exactly sure what the series has included, 
But this is really kind of a dangerous prayer for sure. Okay, God, what, what are you trying to speak into my life about who I am, my strengths, my weaknesses? That, that can become very, very challenging. And, uh, and, and yet, it is so life-giving and vital in our relationship with the Lord. This past, uh, oh, it was long in May last year, I was in, this, you know, in the middle of this journey and applying a lot of these principles, and, and, I, uh, <clears throat> and I was praying, God, what are you trying to speak into my life right now? And I was reading through the New Testament, and I landed on 2 Timothy 1.7 this one particular morning, which says, For the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. And it was as if the, the Lord highlighted in yellow highlighter, timid. Do not be timid is what I was hearing. Brad, you need to be more bold. Now, I was, I was just starting a new career. I, I have the privilege of guiding fly fishermen. Now, I work for Four Seasons Anglers in Laramie. And uh, yeah, I take my drift boat and get to take people fly fishing. It's been, it's been awesome. I, I've taken people for years and years and years. But now they're paying customers. And, you know, the stakes rise a little bit. I was wondering, is Jeff still guiding some? A little, yeah, I know he's done some of that in the summer times. Um, but anyway... Um, I was really kind of intimidated about uh, uh, the pressure, the expectations, and, and I was entering into this, this stuff with some timidity. And uh, I'd taken four or five trips. And uh, so, just was hearing God, you know, be confident, Brad. Just take them out and have a good day. And so, I was, I was leading a trip. Uh, this time, there, there were five boats and it was a group of doctors, plastic surgeons from all over the country. And uh, most of them were, a lot of them were, were retired, but uh, kind of a group of heavy hitters. And uh, they meet someplace in the world every year for a, a fly fishing trip. They call themselves the Royal Wolf Society because they like to use the Royal Wolf fly. And um, so I, I, you know, I met the, there were five boats, five guides and uh, I, you know, I met up with everybody at the hotel in Casper and uh, walked into the, the lobby, and Dr. Gene Tardy, the leader of this group, walked up to me. He's retired. He used to be the, uh, he was the chief of surgeons, the University of Illinois, many, many years. And, uh, and he, he came up and he said, Brad, my brother Bill is 85 years old. He's losing his eyesight. He barely can see, and he's got some leg problems. I need a guide today that can really give some extra TLC to Bill. And I said, fish with me today. I got you. Where did that come from? I mean, <laughs> a couple of weeks before that, I would have said, oh, uh, you know, Dusty Grant over here, he can, Dusty's a good guide. He'll, he'll take care of you. And, uh, you know, it was an awesome day. They caught fish. They caught a couple of big fish. They had a blast. I had to be the eyes and everything for you know, for Bill, but it was just a cool experience and uh, some great conversation. And then 
About a week later, at my cop Bible study, we call it cop BS. <laughs> they love it. Uh, we, uh, after, the, after the Bible study, one of the retired police officers, uh, Mitch Cushman, had been a commander, had been with the Laramie PD for many, many years, a wonderful believer, and he came up to me and he said, Brad, I, you know, I, I love this group, but I want to hear more from you. I, I, yeah, you need to talk more. You need to be a little more bold. I'm, okay, here's this theme. And you know, the next few weeks, I shared more of my story. I got, I got more directive. And uh, it's a discussion group, but they wanted to hear my story. And God was, God was leading. And we've seen a couple of cops give their lives back to the Lord. We've seen some cool things that God's doing. Uh, a guy, Justin, uh, he, uh, he was the undersheriff up in Douglas, and two years ago he was in a bad car wreck in a high-speed pursuit. Severe injuries and bad brain trauma. He and his wife used to be close friends to my son, Nate, and Lori when they were in Douglas. And uh, so they moved to Laramie to kind of get a new start and closer to rehab and, and all of that. And uh, it's just an awesome story of God working in his life. Uh, my kids got me connected with Justin. He got connected with several of the cops. He's in this cop Bible study. And he's going to Harvest Church now. He and his wife, are they've come back to the Lord. And he says, you know, before this accident, I was headed, I, was, I, I, I really didn't know the Lord personally. And I, and my, I was going to lose my marriage. I was going to lose my family. That bad car wreck is a blessing from God. I actually... I actually, I am so thankful that I'm going through all of this. And he's still struggling, has some seizures once in a while. But man, he refuses to be a victim. I'm getting off task here. but I just, I love Justin Scott, Justin and Kylie. They're just awesome people. And God's working beautifully in their lives. But God just encouraging me not to be so timid has been all part of those stories. Well, a final principle here. Obviously, you got to have a cell phone, and then you got to get connected. You got to sign up for the service. You know, you got to know the Lord. You've you've got to you've got to come to a place in your life where you're connected. First Corinthians two fourteen. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that, God, that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are dis, uh, discerned only through the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit indwells those who have put their faith in Jesus. The Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit. And so to get connected, obviously, the gospel is very simple. We're we're farther from God than we tend to think about ourselves. We're far more sinful than we usually give ourselves credit for. But we're far more loved, accepted, and forgiven than we could ever hope or imagine in Christ. And so we have to say yes. We have to sign up. We have to say, I believe. I accept Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. And then once that connection is established, how do you hear from God? Of course, read His Word. Listen to the preaching of the Word. Be in community with close friendship with other strong, with good, good uh, believers. And then employ two simple words. 
Ask him. Ask him. Coming over here today, going through Sabil Canyon. God, what are you trying to speak into my life today? It's a never-ending adventure. And so ask him. He wants to speak and to say things into your life. In a few moments, as you go to communion, Craig is going to come and, and direct us. What a great time for this kind of reflection and silence and simply be open to what God wants to speak into your lives. Ah, enjoy, the, enjoy the journey of listening, my friends. So good to be with you. Thank you.